0: What's up, everyone? It's Ray Garvin, host of the Destination Debbie Podcast. If you're waiting until after the NFL season to start your college scouting process, you're already behind the eight ball. There are hundreds of college football games on each and every Saturday, far too many to keep up with along with following your favorite NFL teams. But don't worry. This show is designed for not only you hardcore Debbie leaguers, but those of you who want to learn about the next group of potential NFL stars and get a leg up in your traditional dynasty leagues. We don't just talk about the big name college football guys. We hit on the small school value prospects who also have a shot to make it at the next level. If you want to position your dynasty team for short and long term success, make sure you check out the DDP on DLF and all the other amazing shows DLF has to offer. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season.
1: Welcome into another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I am Dan Myler with Ryan McDowell and Matt Price. Fellas, Week 9 is pretty much in the books. We're recording on Sunday night, as always. And there was some good, there was certainly some bad, and there was a lot of ugly out there, Matt.
2: There was uh, like one or two fun games and the rest of it was uh <laughs> pretty pretty ugly, pretty garbage for fantasy. It was uh it was a it was a tough day in, in, in my household. <laughs> <laughs> there was a point where I thought there was one or two good
1: fantasy players really because it was it was brutal, especially in the early afternoon games. It felt like there was uh, there was there, there were going to be some real low scores. Ryan, there are going to be low scores that win your fantasy matchups this week for sure.
0: Oh, absolutely! I, uh, yeah, the scores are are low. We thought it was bad uh, a couple weeks yeah. ago with with all the teams on by. I think this week is even worse. Uh, I, I do kind of feel bad though. You know, we've got. We've got now nine weeks of football in, in the books pretty much, and it feels like every other week we come on here and complain <laughs> about how bad the games are. We, sh- we should be thankful that we have uh, real NFL games, and even though they're uh, sometimes hard to get through, you know, we should enjoy them. Yeah, and a lot of the negativity can be
1: pointed at bad coaching. Some of it can be... Uh, pointed towards backup quarterbacks playing under center and, and poor defensive performances certainly have to be part of it as well. Um But overall the, the product just is, and, and some of it maybe with matchups that just, we've gotten a lot of poor matchups games that we don't expect to be good. And then they kind of come through on that. Um We're going to go through each one of the games. Our, our, Trade deadlines are right right around the corner. And Dynasty Trade Deadline Week is like, I don't know about you guys in your leagues, but in, in my home league, especially, and some of the leagues that the three of us play together in, Trade Deadline Week is one of the funnest weeks of the season. You're up, you're backs against the wall. If you're going to make that move, you got to do it now. Uh, and you have to make the decision. Am I a contender? Am I a pretender? Or am I just rebuilding once again? So we're going to try to focus on some of the players that we're trading for and trading away on this episode. As always, we start on Thursday night. That was the Colts and the Jets. Uh, Indianapolis won that one 45-30. It wasn't as close as that even really points out. Jonathan Taylor, the story here, 19 carries, 172 yards and two touchdowns. And as we said in the preseason, guys, Jonathan Taylor can have these blow-up games and carry you to wins. Th- those couple catches every week, those those are the different difference makers really two catches for 28 as well Ryan Jonathan Taylor what else can you say he's he's in the conversation for running back
0: one I think he is the RB1 in dynasty at this point um you know obviously injuries over the past week or two to some key players in in that conversation and I'm not I'm not sure there's much of a conversation really between Taylor and anyone else. I know uh, DeAndre Swift has, has his supporters. He's put up um, some big PPR numbers, but he, he's obviously not the same type of running back. And and as you alluded to there, the, the, the hints of pass game involvement that we're getting from Taylor feel like just a little bit of a tease, but it's enough, I think, to put him in that RB1 spot. Yeah, and, and
1: all he needs is those two or three plays. And as we've seen a couple of weeks ago, He can turn one of those screen passes into a 50, 60, 70-yard touchdown and change your week. He's done it so many times already early in his career. I agree with you. He looks like the RB1 in Dynasty. On the other side of the football here for the Jets, they had to play with a backup quarterback or a th- really a third-string quarterback, guys, for most of the game. Josh Johnson, he was pretty good, 317 and three touchdowns. So maybe, maybe just not rookie quarterbacks. <laughs> Highly picked rookie quarterbacks can play well in that New York offense. We'll see what happens there. Other than that, uh, Elijah um, Moore had his breakout game. Really, really good to see. Eight catches, 84 yards, and two touchdowns. Coming off a week last week where he goes 6 for 67, he's going to be a guy that we're talking about putting in our lineups now. Moving forward, looks like the most dynamic playmaker in that offense. So A lot of fun to see from him, especially as a late first, early second round pick, depending on your settings in rookie drafts last year. Outside of that, Matt, the running game, Michael Carter, 13 carries, 49 yards, and one catch for 37. Not quite, it seemed like that that Indianapolis defense was keying in on Michael Carter. They wanted to stop him.
2: Yeah, they did. And he didn't get the, the target volume in the offense. He's gotten the previous two weeks, uh, either nine targets in week seven, 14 targets in week eight, just two this week. So you'd like to think that that's something we can count on from Michael Carter, but, uh, it it still seems like it's going to be a, a guessing game uh, in that regard with him. Ty Johnson uh, performed better than him as a receiver this week, so, so uh, you, you know he's he's getting the majority of the touches in that offense. But I just I, I just I struggle to see. I mean, you guys tell me what you if, if you think I'm wrong, but I struggle to see a player here with Michael Carter that is going to be you know a foundational player for a dynasty build. He he's going to be a nice you know flex play uh, for you by week injury emergency kind of kind of like baseline player. But I just don't think. He has that ability to be you know a, a top ten to fifteen running back i don 't think um, unless he gets those high target volume games so I think i 've seen enough now we have we 've had two games in a row this is a down week you know honestly, probably last week was the time to move Michael Carter, um, but you know an okay game this week, not the thirty two point point game of week eight but uh you know some reasonable deals in the trade finder uh for him uh, some surprising deals to be honest with you uh someone decided to move michael carter for antonio gibson uh I'm, i know gibson's been disappointing but i think i'm what i'm willing to to make to make that move uh, i'm pretty sure you guys would agree there Kadarius tony obviously disappointing today but we've seen the upside there um i'd happy to happily take that deal uh 23rd thir- uh, 23rd and aj dylan uh and a first all for Michael Carter. I'll take any any kind of first for Carter, I think, at this point. And then if you want to take a, a, a shot on Cam Akers, Cam Akers in a 2022 first for Michael Carter. So these are all deals that are happening right now. Maybe not necessarily off of this week, but if I can get any kind of first-round pick, uh, that kind of valuation for him, I'm okay moving on from him, even though he's still a young player, still some upside there, but just not someone I see as being a foundational part of a dynasty build right now
1: yeah I wrote about Michael Carter a couple of weeks ago in the rookie report card and I, I pretty much echoed what you just said there Matt just just not really a franchise yeah. back not a guy I'm uh, I'm thinking you know there was a play a couple plays over the last few weeks where he he hit open field he got through that second level of the defense and he was looking square in the eyes of a safety and he didn't even make a move so he, he didn't even try to get around him he just kind of ran into him and that we, okay we got the 16 yards. So he gets what's blocked and yeah, if he catches a few passes, which he's good at, he's going to provide some value, but I, I just don't think he's the guy that they're going to turn around and continuously, even if they are good, even if they were good right now, give the ball to him 16, 18, 20 times a game and highlight him in the past game. I mentioned that the Colts were, were watching him closely. They didn't want to see what they saw last week uh, when they watched film with Michael Carter Um they they were rolling defensive ends and outside linebackers off on him out of pass uh a pass rush to make sure Carter wasn't catching those checkdowns uh, as he did a week ago against Cincinnati so you know i'm in, i'm in complete agreeance. if you, if you're uh if you're banking on him i guess you got to continue to do that if you're a contender but if you're not he's a guy i'm moving on from as well if i can get good value the other guy worth mentioning, just since it is the the focus of the episode, if you can get anything for Jamison Crowder, you're probably trying to do that. Probably, I don't know, take one of them young guys, Gabriel Davis or Paris Campbell or Ramondre Stevenson, if you could get him still. Uh, you're probably only getting a third round pick if you're trading for him for a draft pick. But he's a guy I'm, we're probably moving on from. He's, he's more of a roster clogger than a, a guy we're looking to start. Let's talk about these Sunday games, fellas. Uh the Ravens. It took overtime, but they came back and beat the Vikings 34-31. Lamar was Lamar, 266 and 3 through the air, also through a couple of picks, but 21 carries for 120 yards. He was a he was a running back one and a quarterback one, all rolled up into one. Uh and Marquise Brown came through late in the game, especially. Nine catches for 116 yards on 12. 12- targets. So, man, there there's a lot to go through here. Let's start with Hollywood Brown there, Matt. He's a guy you were watching on Sunday afternoon.
2: Yeah, he's he's just really good. And, and and we've I think we've talked about this in the last couple of weeks, but the the value that is being placed on him just is not uh catching up to the production on the field yet. Uh this is an exciting pass on offense all around. I think I think all of these guys are buys, Bateman, Andrews, all of these guys I think are are buys right now. Uh at least for the rest of this season while we have this this anemic running game outside of uh, outside of Lamar Jackson, right? So, Marquise Brown still very reasonable price. Noah Fant straight up, Keenan Allen if you're trying to diversify, get younger, buy back some years. I think that's a fine deal. I think, you know, that for the rest of this season, they're probably a toss-up in terms of who's scoring more the rest of the way. But buying back the years there, I like that a lot. And even you know, even offering your first and third, which has happened a couple of times in the trade finder over the last week, uh, is are deals that I am willing to do for for this guy. Uh, you know, Bateman may eventually be the, the the possession guy, and I guess he already is to some extent. But right now, it's pretty clear that Marquise Brown and Lamar Jackson have this like this mind meld thing going on. So uh, I, I still want to buy him. And the rest of the offense, but specifically Marquise Brown.
1: The other thing worth talking about, fellas, here is on the other side of the football. It's in Minnesota, Ryan, and probably probably centers around Adam Thielen and his production, um, which which comes heavily from touchdown production. His mm-hmm. his game on Sunday, uh, just two catches for six yards, but caught that short touchdown on seven targets. So he comes through for fantasy, I guess. Scores ya seven or eight points. Um, what are your thoughts on Adam Thielen moving forward? If you're a contender, are you looking to add him or how are you moving forward?
0: I, I think he's the, the perfect player in Dynasty to to really determine which way you're going. If you're contending, I absolutely think you should be buying him. Uh, you, you look at the numbers, it, it almost feels like he's having a down season. Uh, the type of game you, that he had on Sunday you just described, just a couple catches, uh, single digit yards, had the touchdown. He's had a couple of those this year, uh, but he's still just two targets behind Justin Jefferson, one catch behind Justin Jefferson, and he has three more touchdowns. So uh, we we talked about Thielen in the preseason, and he had those 14 touchdowns a year ago, obviously a, a big portion of his production came via the touchdown. And there were questions if that could continue and, and repeat itself. And here we are halfway through the season, the, the Vikes have eight games in the books and he has seven touchdowns on, on pace to match that number. Um, so I, I think the, the production that we're seeing from him mixed with the, almost the feeling that he's been a disappointment because of a couple of these down games Make him the perfect buy-in dynasty if you are contending. On the other end, if you're not and you've got him, he's absolutely a sell because he still has some uh, some real solid value and, and can help a contender. Yeah,
1: solid value because of those touchdowns. You mentioned seven scores on 45 catches for 477 yards there, Ryan. Touchdowns in six of the eight games that the Vikings have played. So the production leads to, or at least his, his production so far, has been consistent because of those touchdowns um I, you know I'm I'm trying to sell him I'm moving him off my rosters 31 years old I guess if you're a contender and you're playing him as a wide receiver 3 you're pretty thrilled with that kind of production because he's putting up wide receiver 2 type numbers almost week in and week out The last guy we should talk about here is DeVonta Freeman Ryan, because he comes through once again, 13 carries, 79 yards, and also catches a short touchdown. Um, Not really a weapon anymore in the past game, but certainly the preferred option in that backfield for the Ravens. And as we know, over the last couple of years with Lamar back there, any running back that's getting any kind of volume is a guy that we want in our starting lineups.
0: Yeah, this is kind of what we've been chasing this season, obviously in the preseason with with J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards before they uh, went down with injuries. And and then with Tyson Williams early in the season, Uh, we just want whoever that lead back is. And they haven't really had one. They've shared that role with with these veterans and with Williams a little bit earlier. Um, I know Latavius Murray is still out, but it, it looks like uh, that Freeman is claiming that role. He, he played more snaps and ran more routes than, uh, than the other two active running backs in that game on Sunday. Uh, so like I said, feels like he's claiming that role. He's obviously very cheap, maybe even still on waiver wires in shallow dynasty leagues. And um, that's kind of, that's kind of the way I play. If I'm a contender, I'm, I, I'm not, I'm likely not buying Christian McCaffrey or um, the guys that are the most expensive. I'm looking for those cheap short-term options at running back uh, just because they, they don't carry their value long-term. So a guy like Freeman for me is, is a perfect buy at this point in the season. Yeah. And
1: you're probably sending one of those guys you picked in the third round this past year for Devonta Freeman. Maybe you got Jarrett Patterson or somebody like that. And you can swing some kind of deal like that with a with a team that, that's out of the playoff run and you can get a little bit of production for your RB3 type situation with Devonta Freeman. I don't mind that. Um, Rashad Bateman had a decent stat line, five catches, 52 yards on eight targets. Mark, Mark Andrews, five for 54. And then we can't go through a game without mentioning the studs from Minnesota, Justin Jefferson, just three catches, but 69 yards and a touchdown. And Delvin Cook went over 100 on the ground and caught three for 12. Tyler Conklin, guys, a name that we're, we're talking about, guys we can add. If you've been struggling along at tight end, Conklin, you know, he's he's catching the ball. Five for 45 on seven targets. He's a part of that offense. And all I see every time I see Conklin catch the ball is, man, what if Irv was, was healthy? You know, what could he have done with that quick out? Uh, made a big play on, on that. Uh, but there's always next year with Irv Smith Jr um let's let's talk about the patriots and the panthers man if there's a disappointment in the nfl it's probably the panthers they've been bad since starting off three and all patriots win this one 24 to 6 and if you started a panther or a patriot this week guys you probably came away disappointed right There, there nobody really came through for us uh what what are you doing what are you looking at out of this game ryan
0: yeah, this one was was ugly. I, I guess silver lining here we did get Christian McCaffrey back on the field. Um quickly took over uh as as really we all expected uh that that backfield, that running back role. Uh Chuba Hubbard, Amir Abdullah playing uh playing small roles, totaled just four carries between them. McCaffrey also led the team in receiving. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't take much to to lead the team in either of those in either of those categories. As you said, uh, the, the offense, Sam Darnold, especially just just so so bad. Uh, I, I am I am kind of thinking about McCaffrey and, and thinking back to what happened last year. He came back. We gave up on Mike Davis. Sometimes even dropped him potentially, especially in in seasonal leagues. Uh, let's not do that with Chuba Hubbard. Uh, just be a little more patient. Unfortunately, McCaffrey. Uh, has had trouble staying on the field. So, um, again, thinking about those shallow dynasty leagues, uh, hang on to Hubbard for, for the next few weeks just to see how this plays out. Uh, or or if you've got McCaffrey on your roster, potentially even use this as a, a buy low chance for Hubbard.
1: Yeah, try to get that handcuff on your roster. Hubbard just uh, three carries for three yards he did have a nice catch down the left sideline that i saw uh 33 yarder actually so um I, I like that that's good advice my advice out of this one is probably centered around damian harris he's a guy I'm, I'm gonna try to sell and i know he didn't have a big stat line just 50 just 30 yards on 15 carries had the rushing touchdown however and now has scores in five straight games, guys, 133 carries for 547 yards and seven touchdowns. Just 11 catches for 63 yards on 13 targets, though, fellas. So 37% of his fantasy production is coming off for touchdowns. That's a pretty high percentage, of course. Just 15%, just under 15% with his receiving work. Just not a target. And, and honestly... It feels like Ramondre Stevenson is just as impressive using the eye test. He looks just as good when you watch him carry the ball. He looks even better as a pass catcher, for sure. Smooth as a pass catcher, which is kind of surprising. And and even Brandon Bolden, who's a special teamer, is taking away work. Not just as that pass catcher, either. He's getting a few carries between the tackles, stuff that you expect Harris to get. I think even if I'm a... A contender? I'm I'm gonna try to sell Harris and get something different on my roster. I certainly don't want Damian Harris on my roster through this coming offseason. That seems like a trap. Um guys behind him in ADP, Michael Carter and Elijah Mitchell are some some young running backs. I don't know. Can you get a first round pick for Damian no. Harris, Ryan? No you think do you think, do you think no that's doable? No. Probably not. You're you're looking at a second so. and a third, maybe a couple of seconds. I did see him in the trade finder for a first a couple times, saw him for a couple of seconds another time. I think that's on the high end, most likely.
0: I mean, I think I would almost pivot to, if if I'm contending, as you suggested, I I would almost try to pivot to uh, a guy like Corderell Patterson, who we we look at as having no none or very little long-term value, you know, still as as great as he has been still feels like that's not going to continue beyond this season. You know, that's, that's a debate for the off season, I guess, but um, that's probably a, a trade you can pull off that um, somebody will look at Harris and think that he's the starter for the next couple of years. And uh, if they're, if they're out of it this year, flipping Patterson for Harris, uh, I, I think that would be a big win to get, to get CP there,
1: Matt, if you're in a super flex league, can you get anything at all for Sam
0: Darnold?
2: Man, it, I, I don't think so, but if I can get even a second-round pick, I'm, I'm taking that. Any second-round pick, you know, maybe we're this, – this week we had a ton of quarterbacks that were all of a sudden missed a bunch of time, so maybe you find a, a team that's starting – a uh, Trevor Simeon or something like that and and or is going to have an issue in the coming weeks uh, when, when buys hit I think that's where you might be able to get rid of of uh, uh, Darnold but yeah there's not a whole lot in the trade finder uh, adding a first to Darnold to get Rogers or Stafford was was both in there I think that is a slam dunk add, add a second too if you yeah. can add it if you gotta add it a- That ship has sailed. (laughs) Uh, Dawson knocks straight up. That sounds gross on paper, but, you know, you're going to get a productive tight end out of it. I just don't think that that we're going to see Darnold starting after this season and, you know – if pj walker was so wasn't so bad maybe it wouldn't he wouldn't even last the season that play i don't know if you guys saw it that short like he attempted a short pass on the run to ian thomas and it ended up into the 88 yard pick six yeah. that was one of the worst throws i've ever seen in my life that was that was jordan love batter i know we're gonna get there but uh <laughs> that's how bad it was so i don't know anything literally anything you can get for sam darnold i would take it right now
1: yeah i i think I'm pivoting positions. I'm trying to get, I don't even have yeah. to get a quarterback back. I don't even need a draft pick. I liked your idea with Dawson Knox. Those kind of moves are the kind, because there are, there's two or three, maybe four or five guys in every league in a super flex league where they think a starting quarterback is automatically worth something. I will add them. If I get the chance, just take what you can get at this point. Cause it does not look good for, for Sam in, in Carolina. The Browns embarrassed the Bengals, 41-16. to Baker Mayfield threw a couple touchdowns, but it was all about Nick Chubb. 14 carries, 137 yards and two touchdowns. Added the two catches for 26 more and really looked good doing it. Uh, Ryan, you you were watching this one. I know Donovan Peoples-Jones caught a long one. That looked good. Uh, What are we doing with, with these receivers that are currently on the Cleveland roster?
0: Yeah, of course, a little bit of a crazy week for the Browns. Um, I still think even with the, the departure uh, departure of Odell Beckham Jr., I, th- I think Peoples-Jones is being undervalued. Um, I picked him up it, this it, morning, Sunday morning, in, in one league. Off
1: of waivers? Picked up.
0: In a 30-man roster. Wow. Yep. I, I was going to say, I, I think he may still be on the waiver wire in some leagues. Again, we... Uh, talk about shallow leagues versus some of the leagues we're in. Um, But yeah, he's out there for sure in, in some of them. Uh, I think he's, he's going to be the go-to guy for, for the rest of this season. Um, You know, we've seen some, some disappointing stat lines from Jarvis Landry, including in this game on, on Sunday. Um, I'm not even sure how much that's saying that, that he could be the leading guy for Cleveland. I'm I'm not going to invest too much into him, but uh, again, if he's, if he's cheap, I'm I'm going for it, and you know later this week, maybe by the time you're listening to this show, Odell Beckham Jr. will be on a new team, and that news and that hype, and and potentially if he lands with a an upgrade at quarterback or a team that's a playoff contender, I think that's going to increase his his dynasty value. And if I've got him on my team, I'm taking that chance to sell him.
1: Yeah, I'd be doing a lot of the same things. Uh, hopefully there's somebody that still believes in OBJ. I'm, I'm just not one of them. Uh, you mentioned Jarvis Landry in his disappointing day, just three catches for 11 yards on five targets. I, maybe you can get a second for him if you're selling and, and you're out of things. I, maybe, probably not. You're probably looking at some young players. If you could get one of them young tight ends, maybe Pat Fryermuth or or Cole Komet or a young receiver like uh Van Jefferson or something like that. Those are the types of deals you're gonna you're gonna find for Jarvis Landry. I'm not sure if you can if you can count on him even moving forward as the number one. He he's been so disappointing and that is that is a running team. They wanted to run the football all game long against the Bengals and they did that. They were not looking to get those outside threats the the ball for sure with Baker under center. Uh, for the for the Bengals here, Burrow was disappointing. Two eighty two, no touchdowns. Threw a couple picks. Mixon scored a couple times. I guess that was good. Uh, T Higgins six for seventy eight and almost caught a touchdown. Jamar, Jamar Chase, worst game ever, guys. Once again, two weeks in a row. Six catches, forty nine yards on thirteen targets, and dropped oh, another right through touchdown. his hands. So cue, this is your fault, Dan. Cue, cue the cue the drop. Uh, committee just going after Jamar Chase once again, just like the preseason. Uh, the Broncos. Speaking of embarrassing, the Broncos embarrassed God. the Cowboys. This was brutal. I, I, I do the two TV thing. You know, you watch the you you watch the red zone on one TV. You pick a game on the other one, and it was Broncos Cowboys. Like, let's see this Cowboys offense. And man, you couldn't even you couldn't even watch it. 30 to 16 the Broncos jumped out had the huge lead Javante Williams had that mini breakout 17 for 111 on the ground but didn't get a target and Melvin Gordon he get, he was still involved 21 carries for 80 yards uh maybe if you're a contender Ryan you might you might kick the tires on Melvin Gordon and, and try to try to get some rB2 type production out of him because he's he's still toting
0: the rock Yeah, he is. And, and I think this is going to be a great week to do that because, uh, Javante Williams did have the, the hundred yard rushing game. Um, but Gordon still saw more carries than Williams, saw more targets than Williams. In fact, Williams didn't get a single target, played more snaps than Williams and ran more routes than, than the rookie Javante Williams. So, um, I think this is the week to to go after Gordon. I already explained kind of my general strategy of targeting those those cheap plays to get you through the end of the season. Uh, it, it's it's basically the same idea as, as the Devonte uh, the Devonte Freeman uh, idea, except G- Gordon's probably a little more expensive than that.
1: Yeah, bump that up just a little bit, and then on the other side of things, Ryan. If you're not contending, it you gotta try to sell him. You gotta get that second round pick if you can, you get that younger absolutely younger player. He's he's definitely on the trade block in your league, one way or the other, most likely. Uh, another guy on the Broncos that I'm thinking about selling is Tim Patrick. It just doesn't feel long-term with him. He had another nice game, four catches, 85 yards, and caught the touchdown on five targets. But with Jerry Judy there, with Cortland Sutton there, with Albert O oh there and Fant there, uh, the running back, of course, um, Javante Williams, there, there's just not enough room for all these guys. Tim Patrick is lowest on the totem pole. If you can get a third, I'm probably doing that. What about Cortland Sut- Sutton though, Ryan? Because... Man, talk about disappointments. They have they score thirty points. He has one catch for nine yards on two targets. What are we doing with him?
0: Yeah, the one catch is disappointing. The two targets is is an even larger problem. You know, if he if he had some some tough coverage from the defense, if he had a couple drops that were even his fault, that would be one thing. But only two opportunities is a concern. Um, I really thought it might go a different way because he had been playing so well with Judy out of the lineup. And and now here we are, two weeks back into into Judy's return, and um, he he doesn't look like the alpha already. Um, I do think his value has been trending up. We've seen that in ADP and some of the recent trades in the DLF Trade Finder. Uh, we all know about the the quarterback concerns. I'm I'm not confident they can fix that for next year either. Uh, all of those things, you know, kind of combined. I'm, I'm just ready to move off of Sutton. What's the magic magic price that you're
1: willing to trade Sutton for? If you're getting a draft pick, what are you looking for? Oh, I think you can get a first for him. Sure. Uh, most yeah. likely a late first, of course, uh, probably not taking the package of later picks though, the multiple seconds or, no. or would you no. consider something like that?
0: No, I would want a first at least. And, and, uh, maybe even a player and a first. Yeah. Um, yeah
1: okay uh he did get the Trayvon Diggs treatment for for at least part of this game from what I saw um and Diggs can shut guys down I I, it wasn't it wasn't everything he wasn't following him however and and uh got some opera got a couple opportunities just just didn't get open um let's move on to another embarrassment that was the Bills they lost to the Jaguars it was in Jacksonville and uh, all the stuff but nine to six holy cow it was almost unwatchable there, there was a huge highlight out of this one. It's Dan Arnold, four catches, sixty yards, seven targets. Guys, I'm, uh, I'm on the Dan Arnold he's Express every week starter and in these leagues he's never starter. Where, where I yep. have been depending on Noah Fant. I had Robert Tunyon and was was disappointed in that until he got hurt. Like. Like, welcome Dan Arnold to my starting lineup. He's a guy we can we can go get for relatively cheap if we need him. I don't think there's a lot of people that think he's a long-term answer in Jacksonville or anywhere else. He's jumped around the league. And, you know, he catches first downs. He catches the football when it's thrown his way. He's a big part of the offense right now. And that's hurting some of these other young pass catchers in Jacksonville. But if you can slide Dan Arnold into your tight end spot in your lineup you're I don't think you're going to be disappointed very often um what about in Buffalo though because talk about disappointing Josh Allen 264 yards two picks no touchdowns I guess he ran for 50 yards but that's that's not good enough and Stefan Diggs has been just continuously disappointing Ryan six catches 85 yards that that sounds fine but that's like a highlight game for Stefan Diggs lately eight
0: targets what are we doing with Diggs uh, well, we should be moving him. And this was uh, honestly, this was one of those things that we should have seen coming pretty easily. Um, gained value and, and enjoyed his best season ever last year. And that, that first year with the Bills. that's what
1: did it, Ryan. It was the first year there with if We all thought that he was unlocked because he got Josh Allen and got that bill's
0: offense. And, and we are clearly we wrong. Uh, well, I mean, when, when you think about the age, you know, you, you don't see a 26, 27 year old wide receiver gain value, move into the first round of ADP for the first time. That's what Stefan Diggs did over the last uh, calendar year. And if you weren't pivoting from him to um, a younger wide receiver or even one of these with a longer track record, Adams or Tyreek or someone like that, um, it's, it, it's certainly too late to do that, but it's not too late to get some, some nice value from him. Diggs only has one game as a top 15 wide receiver this year. Uh, of course they brought in, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, who's playing a role they brought in, uh, or I'm sorry, they, they've got Dawson Knox playing a larger role. He'll be back soon. Uh, so I, I think what we've seen from Diggs as basically a, a solid wide receiver too in fantasy is what we should expect Moving forward, and uh, you know, flipping him for again, de- it depends on the situation you're in, contending or or building. But uh, flipping him for multiple first round picks, I think that's still an option. Uh, or or just moving down in the wide receiver ranks.
1: Yeah, I like those those ideas. I'm one of those guys that was big on Stephon Diggs when he was coming into the league. He he kind of rose to his highest point with the Vikings, and I sold out. Then I ended up buying again late in his Vikings career and I didn't sell out this time and with my few shares and I regret it because I was thinking about those kind of things. It just doesn't happen that late in his career or in any receiver's career. Really? Um, let's jump over to the Dolphins and the Texans. Miami wins this one 17 to nine. Once again, it's a Jalen Waddle week, eight catches, 83 yards, 10 targets, Man, I love what what Jalen Waddle does on the field. I wish they'd unlock that deep threat potential. Um, playing with a backup quarterback, though, of course, Mike Geseki four catches for fifty four yards, and then Matt Miles Gaskin uh, twenty carries, just thirty four yards, but scores a touchdown and catches six balls. So the stat line looks real nice for fantasy. Maybe that's an opportunity to get out from underneath. Yeah, this
2: him. is the most work he's gotten this season. 20 carries, six targets, uh, most combined usage of the season. He did have a big target uh, share game a couple of weeks ago. Um, but this is kind of like the the upside for, for him. This is a game where you're playing a team that is terrible against the run, a team that you probably should have beat by a lot. I know Tua was out, so that didn't help the offense that much, but not super efficient with those 20 carries. Uh, and – yeah, they had a bye week next week. Malcolm Brown is eligible to return after that, and they get the Raven. So uh, I think you're heading into a stretch here where Gaskin is not going to be usable for you. So you might as well go ahead and, and get what you can from him. A second in the trade finder happened numerous times, so that's probably the price. I think I would probably try to add a second to Gaskin and see if I can get up to a first. Uh, and if I can only get a third, I guess I'm probably holding at that point. Uh, I just don't see him as being that usable Uh, coming up, so get what you can, I think.
1: Yeah, the problem, you mentioned it, Matt, going into the bye week, it's so hard to sell fringe rosterable or at least fringe uh, startable players going into a bye week, Ryan. You got any thoughts on Gaskin and what you can get on the trade market?
0: I I don't think it's great, unfortunately, as as Matt kind of alluded to. Uh, Even though he has been productive, he's the... He's the RB fourteen over the past uh, five games, but uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe this is just taking my own my own thoughts into it too much. I feel like everybody kind of knows what he is, and uh, nobody nobody's really falling for it. If you can get a second, ultimately, I would take that.
1: Yeah, I would as well. Speaking of getting a second on the trade block uh, on the trade market, Brandon Cooks is. He's probably hitting the trade block in your league. He's a guy that's gotten a lot of attention lately in Dynasty League. Six catches, 56 yards on 13 targets this week. We were all kind of waiting for Tyrod to get back, hoping that would uh, really put him over the top. It didn't happen in this one. Tyrod threw the three picks. That Dolphins defense uh, keyed in on Brandon Cooks, that's for sure. He's a guy that's Worth less than a first and probably more than a second in a lot of leagues. Going to be hard to find that that right spot. I, I think he's one of those guys that if you can get him for the right price and you need that wide receiver three in your lineup, I'm willing to buy him. But if I can get more than that second round pick, I'm probably willing to sell as well. How about the yeah, Falcons keep- and the Saints? The Atlanta comes back and wins this one with a field goal late, 27 to 25. Matt Ryan was great, 343 and two. Also added a rushing touchdown. Uh, and then Cordero Patterson, once again, six ca- catches, 126 yards on six targets, just the 10 rushing yards, but looked like the best, best playmaker with the ball in his hands on the field, once again, outside of Alvin Kamara in that game. Speaking of Kamara, 13 carries, 50 yards and a touchdown, caught four for 54. Ryan, what are your thoughts on, on Kamara and what are we doing with him?
0: My thoughts are basically the same as they've been all season. I want to pivot from Alvin Kamara to another running back, uh, or depending on your your league setup, potentially a, a wide receiver if you've got uh, multiple flex spots and, and you can make that move easier. Uh, We we talked a little bit about it last week that the Saints, uh, of course, uh, acquired Mark Ingram, immediately got him involved a week ago. Ingram played even a larger role here uh, in this game. And I, I think, again, that's what we should expect moving forward, that Kamara is going to have to be super efficient because he's going to get between 15 and 20 touches instead of... Uh, 24 to 28 touches as he was getting earlier in the season. Sometimes even more than that. Um, and a- as great as Kamara is, I don't think that we can count on this that efficiency with Trevor Simeon or or certainly not Taysom Hill as the quarterback moving forward for the rest of the year. Yeah, you mentioned Mark Ingram. He he played 26
1: snaps and ran 11 routes and was very involved in that in that Saints offense. Um, and that's all eating into what Kamara is, is able to produce. So, you know, the other like back back of the story, like miniature uh, miniature story among the Mark Ingram being signed is they, they gave him that extra year on his contract. So I, I, he's not going away. He's going to be back in New Orleans next year. So Kamara's going to have to continue to do this. And we've read this book before. We've seen how this plays out. Ingram is, is just a thorn in our side as a Kamara manager. um, It's kind of painful to watch. I mentioned Cordero Patterson's uh, stat line, fellas. He's, he's probably been traded in your league in a lot of leagues. He's already been traded for a second round pick, right? But it's been long enough since his breakout and he's, he's continued to do it. I think he could be available once again, if he didn't end up on a true contender, Uh, you could probably send that second back and get him back. Targeting young, young players is always a good idea, too. Those those receivers that went in the second round this past year, guys like Kadarius Toney or Terrace Marshall, um, young running back, maybe you could get A.J. Dillon for a guy like that uh, if you're willing to sell Cordero Patterson. I'm certainly willing to buy him. You mentioned him earlier, Ryan, if you can get him. Uh, speaking of buying, Trevor Simeon, guys, 249 yards and two touchdowns. Matt, I don't know if he's going to hold on to this, ball, this job. Can you get Taysom Hill? Still, can you can you add him? Super- that's that's what
2: I want to do. I want to speculate a little bit. And mean you know, that, being completely honest, that's what we're doing. You know, maybe Tre- Trevor Simeon is maybe that's what they want out of the offense right now. Somebody who's just going to run it uh, as desired, you know, uh, and not make too many mistakes. I think that's what we're going to get out of him. But Taysom Hill, I mean, I I I feel like he must not have been completely healthy. I know he cleared the concussion protocol. He did have some snaps in this game, uh, but maybe that's why they didn't. Uh, uh, have him in there this week. There just wasn't enough time to incorporate him in the game plan completely while he was recovering. Uh, but he torched the Falcons last year, both on the ground and through the air. Uh, and you know, I, I feel like they probably would have would have got this win with him in there. Um, so it, we're we're completely speculating. We don't know if he's going to get the starting role next week or, or at all this uh, this season. But if I can get him for a second in a Superflex League, I think that's the price I'm willing to pay at this point. And that price is is definitely mm-hmm. available according to our trade finder. Um, some other deals in there, Mike Davis and a third for Taysom Hill, Will Fuller and a third for Taysom Hill. Uh, and then I got to one where I'm I'm kind of it's kind of the line. I think that that late wide receiver three mid wide receiver three range uh, is probably where I'm going to draw the line with Taysom. So there was one in there for LaVisca Chenault. That's kind of like right on that line for me. I'm probably not doing that one. Uh, but anything, uh, you know, uh, cheaper than that, that second round pick or a player in a
0: third uh, is a price I'm willing to speculate with. I don't know. I have, I have a little more concern than you do. I think, I mean, thinking about the other quarterback uh, uh, in this game, Matt Ryan, like there's a chance Matt Ryan is cheaper than that in a a super flex league. And, um, I know Ryan's been up and down this year, but I know as long as he's healthy, he's starting the rest of the year. I know I like the weapons around him. Um, so that's just one example. Um, they brought Taysom Hill into this game. You know, he, he took, uh, he took multiple snaps. He threw two passes as a quarterback. He had one rush. Uh, so I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure if it's a health issue with him or if they just liked what Simeon did a week ago against the bucks, which, uh, I, I liked what Simeon did. You know, you, you would think they, they did, and Simeon did not lose this game. There, there were so many dropped passes by mm. the Saints' offense in the first half. They finally got it going in the second half, uh, and and he led that that huge comeback to get back in the game. And, and then, honestly, the defense blew it at the end. They they let Patterson, the 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 biggest playmaker in that game, at least in, in uh, it, at least that's how it was today. Make that big play that killed them at the end. So. I just don't think you can put this loss on Simeon at all, and, and you know say that Hill would have won the game for him.
2: I think that's a fair point. I just for for fantasy purposes, if you can get a quarterback that has performed in the past as a, as, a, as a top five kind of option just because of what he can do on the ground. And I can speculate and get that for my late second if I'm a contender. That's just something I, I want to do. I think I would do that more so than I would go for a Matt Ryan type unless I was just looking for that quarterback starter, that quarterback two that I needed to know I could plug in every week. So, like I said, it's a speculative move, but to get that upside for so cheap. So, you know, you you're right, You might be right, though. They Maybe they just want to have that tactical advantages of, of bringing him off the bench and being able to do uh, those those spe- Special plays with him, uh, and if they elect to go that way, then obviously this this move would would not work out.
1: Let's let's be
2: honest, guys. If you're starting Trevor
1: Simeon <laughs> over Taysom Hill, you don't want to start Taysom I, Hill I, I at just quarterback. Don't... That's what it feels like. When I saw that announcement this week, I thought they're not going to. They don't see him as a starting quarterback. I There's just no don't know if
2: do. I just don't know if we can say that after last week, in a week where he didn't practice much and it, they they had this kind of continuative game plan from from Jameis, obviously. Uh uh Trevor Simeon I think matches up more with the game plan that they're gonna run with Jameis Winston. So I think we give it another week and and then decide. But uh I I agree it's yeah, concerning. If
1: if the over under is one and a half starts for uh for Taysom Hill, I'm taking the under for sure. I don't think he, wow. he gets two okay. starts in this. It's going to take an injury, I think, at okay. this point. Uh, how about the Giants and the Raiders? Giants win this one 23-16. Devontae Booker nearly hit 100 yards on the ground, got 23 through the air. Um, You know, as far as the Giants go, uh, Matt, there, I guess there's a handful of pass catchers we need to talk about. Evan Ingram had a sick. 30-yard catch for a touchdown his only downfield uh target of his career with the Giants it feels like Kadarius Tony just one catch for nine yards Galladay wasn't a real big factor either just two catches for 28 on two targets what are we doing with these pass catchers in New York
2: I think there's an opportunity to buy low on both Tony and Galladay Galladay like I can't imagine like his his value can go too much lower <laughs> at this point yeah, I don't think
1: he, I don't think you'd sell him because the offense. I mean, that's so that's low, a fair right? point.
2: Uh, Antonio Brown. I mean, if you're a contender, you prefer Antonio Brown. But if not, maybe you prefer Galloway. That's in the trade finder. Sure, Mar- Marquez Callaway have, and Blake Jarwin. I mean, uh, I, <laughs> okay. it's Khalif Raymond and Jared Gallo Cook. I mean, these are again, these are D- Devonte Parker. I'm just saying, I think that these two receivers. You know, say what you want about the quarterback, the coach, the offensive system, whatever it is right now. I think that in 2022, these two are the players that are going to be the starters uh, there. And Tony's had a couple of down weeks after his big splash game. So I think people are a little bit more concerned with him now. Um, So uh, the the focus of this show was buy and sell for for, for, for right right Mm -hmm. Dan. So I'm digging here. I, I don't really want any of the Giants, but if I have to buy some, I'm looking at those receivers.
1: Yeah, I want Tony. I'm going to go try to get Tony. Uh, Ryan, what are we doing with with Evan Ingram? Because that, that catch was nice. Looked great. But that's like the career highlight for Evan Ingram so far in New York.
0: Uh, yeah, I think I think this is two weeks in a row with a touchdown yeah. for Evan Ingram. I, I believe that's the case. Um, and it, if that's enough that, that you can sell him, do it. I guess uh, so. That,
1: He's going to be a free agent, though. Are, are, you, are you willing no. to wait and see where he signs and if he gets the next chance? a better quarterback, a better situation, a play caller that'll let him run something other than
0: a 2-yard out.
2: Uh, the annual Packers free agent end signing.
0: I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe the the Packers were reportedly uh interested in Ingram at the deadline last week and obviously nothing got done there. That would have been uh that would have been fun to see. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of teams I would rather see Ingram with, but if I can get a second rounder for him, then then I'm doing that. Yeah. Uh, other otherwise, honestly, kind of a similar situation to Galladay. The price has probably gotten low enough that that you'd better just hold and see what happens. Darren
1: Waller caught seven for 92. Derek Carr threw a touchdown. Jacobs was good, 76 on the ground, 19 on four catches in the air. Uh, is there any takeaways on the on the Las Vegas side of things, Ryan?
0: Uh, again, I'm, I'm kind of interested in Kenyon Drake with that, that theme of cheap running backs. He's getting some work in, uh, in the PPR game. Jacobs was solid in this game. Uh, Josh Jacobs, but of course has had trouble staying on the field. Uh, Drake totaled 100 yards today and, uh, had six sketches. So yeah, just, just another cheap PPR back for the rest of the season. The DLF dynasty podcast
1: is sponsored by monkey knife fight daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Even if you've played DFS in the past, your experience with monkey knife fight will feel completely different. No more competing against professional players or working through time consuming salary caps with monkey knife fight. You choose from unique, easy to play games, including the popular more or less contest, where you can bet on if your favorite player will have more or less yards than predicted. You can also play all the other major sports, as well as golf, UFC, NASCAR, and more. Sign up for a new account with Monkey Knife Fight with a first-time deposit and receive a full year of DLF Premium for free. In addition, Monkey Knife Fight is going to match that deposit up to $100 with the promo code DLF. That's it. That's all you have to do. Your DLF subscription will be set up within 36 hours and you'll have access to everything Dynasty League Football has to offer. So go log on to DynastyLeagueFootball.com, click the image for Monkey Knife Fight And follow the instructions to get started today. Three more games to get through. We got to do this quickly, fellas. Chargers and Eagles. Los Angeles kicks a late field goal, wins 27 to 24. Justin Herbert had a rushing touchdown, two more through the air, 356 yards. He was great. Austin Eckler, Ryan, not quite so much. Seventeen carries, 59 yards. So he shut down there, and then just three carries or three catches, excuse me, for 23 yards. So what are we doing with Eckler?
0: Uh, I'm trying to buy him down yep. game. Uh, when I've talked earlier about pivoting off guys like Alvin Kamara, this is this is who I have in mind. Uh, Eckler was pretty quiet in this one uh, on Sunday, but if you could use that as as any kind of uh, path to a trade. And, again, you're not getting Austin Eckler cheap. It, it's going to take a player like Kamara, multiple first-round picks or, or something like that to, to pry him away. But he's got five games already as a top eight running back on the, uh, on the season. And just that guy you plug into your lineup – Every single week, and uh, get get production from.
1: Yeah, it's it's one of those offers where you're going to probably offer the late first for next year. Offer the player he's maybe replacing in your starting lineup. The that guy is a young guy. Try to do a deal like that. I like that. Uh, trying to get Austin Eckler pry him away. Jalen Hurts. For the second straight game, it feels like he was muffled down by that Philadelphia coaching staff, 11 for 17, 162 yards, had a touchdown passing, uh, ran 10 times for 62. So he's pretty good for fantasy. I'm still telling you guys, I'm selling, selling, selling. Superflex, one quarterback. I'm getting out on the Jalen Hurts Express. Uh, anything else from this game Matt Dallas Goddard caught three balls for 43 yards on six targets yeah I
2: think he's clearly the number two option there Uh, Rager's not really working out Quez Watkins is is fun but I think Goddard now that Zach Ertz has moved on has established himself as the number two receiving option there and we know what we like when we see a a top two receiving option at tight end on a team Uh, so uh, I bought him this weekend full disclosure I paid uh, on a a strong contending team I paid Travis Etienne straight up for In a two-point per reception for tight end league. Probably pretty steep, but uh, if he's going to be a top six tight end, I'm I'm happy to take that. And I think he's in that conversation still – uh, maybe even more reinforced behind those top guys—the the Pitts, the Kelsey, the Waller, the Andrews, the Hawkinson uh, of the world. The Kittle, we got to throw him in there too. And and I, I thought I wanted to buy him even more uh, until I went to the trade finder. Uh, he's kind of expensive in the trade finder, so maybe um, that's what it, what it costs for him now. There was a couple of deals that I definitely balked at: Goddard and a first for Pitts. No, thank you. I'll take Pitt side. Goddard straight up for Kittle. I think I'm still taking Kittle there. Um, but uh, you know, a, a first got him pretty regularly. He He's kind of on the line of that. I'm not sure if you guys will pay a first for Goddard. I think I probably wouldn't. I'd rather pay two seconds or add a player to a second to get him something like that. Uh, so while I bought him and I would like to buy him, you know, take take uh, notes of what's happening in your league uh, of that value with him. It might be, might be too late on that one.
1: Devontae Smith had a big game, five catches, 116 yards, and a touchdown on six targets. Imagine if he had a quarterback, what he could do. Uh, the Cardinals they beat the 49ers 31 to 17. James Connor, couple rushing touchdowns, 96 yards on the ground, then 77 more on five catches and a score. After Edmonds goes down, he just he just carried fantasy managers you probably won if you have James Conner because he's probably the last starter in your starting lineup or at least hopefully he is I, I don't know if there's a lot to do out of this game but if there is Matt it's probably surrounding
2: Connor. yeah I think you either you got to hold or you got to sell I mean if you're not contending you get rid of them for I mean I don't know if you can get a second round for a pick for Conner maybe you can off of this performance maybe I, mean, no. I guess you know if you if you can do that absolutely do it Uh, But with Chase Edmonds, I haven't seen the latest on his injury, though, but went out early uh, with injury. Otherwise, we might be talking more about Chase Edmonds right now. Um, But if he is out, uh, Connor, I think, is, is definitely in your starting lineup as a contender. And if not, get him off your roster.
1: For the 49ers, Kittle was good. Six for 101 and a touchdown in his return. Brandon Ayuk played great. He looked awesome out there. Six for 89 and a score on eight targets. Debo also caught five for 63 on nine. Last game we need to cover here, guys. The Chiefs and the Packers. Kansas City wins 13 to seven. Low scoring. Mahomes just 166 yards. The one touchdown to Kelsey, who went five for 68 through the air. Tyreek was pretty much stifled, four catches, 37 yards on 11 targets. The conversation is all about Jordan Love, though. 190 yards in his first start, threw the touchdown to Lazard, threw a bad pick, 23 rushing
0: yards.
1: Ryan, what are the grades on Jordan Love in his first ever NFL start?
0: Uh, It's not very good. It's not good at all. Uh, I think there were a lot of dynasty managers, fantasy managers, Packers fans who were uh, already worried about Jordan Love, uh, who have heard the the stories, the narrative for over a year now that he was overdrafted, that um, that the Packers didn't need a quarterback at, at that point. You know, there's there's so much it feels like going against him, uh, and this is also a player that, uh, that at least. In you know, in in one storyline is the the leader of the team in 2022, and I know this is just this is just one game. I know it's against um, one of the better offenses in the league, although it hasn't looked like it lately. I know it's a tough place to play in Arrowhead. None of that matters. He he looked horrible. I don't think you can be confident in Jordan Love being your starter, certainly not a fantasy starter, but not not an NFL starter, uh, moving forward. And I think, uh, you know, to see the game last week where the Packers were playing the hottest team in the league down multiple offensive weapons, including Devontae Adams, and then Aaron Rodgers basically willed them to win – and then this was the opposite. Everybody's healthy. Everybody's back. Adams is there, MVS, and, and the running backs. And it's Rodgers that's out. And to see how bad they looked against one of the league's worst defenses and one of the league's, honestly, the, the team that's really struggling over the past few weeks, uh, I, I mean, it just tells you how, obviously, how important Aaron Rodgers is. I think now's a great time to buy Aaron Rodgers in dynasty this guy has gotten so much hate and you know we're not getting into all of that part of it but um so much hate for Aaron Rodgers this this past week and i it may sound silly i think that's impacted his dynasty value mm-hmm. um so if if you can acquire him you know if there's somebody who's frustrated that he lied to the media if there's somebody who's frustrated that he is not vaccinated, if there's somebody who's worried about a suspension and you can buy low on Aaron Rodgers, you absolutely should be doing that.
1: I love that. That's a nice transition to an Aaron Rodgers conversation that's probably for another day. You know, there's the expression, Matt, is the glass half full or is it half empty? And, and we could probably apply that to Jordan Love, but we'd have to do, it, is it a quarter full or is it three <laughs> three quarters empty? Because, you know, even if you look, look at that game through rose-colored or green and yellow colored glasses as a Packer fan. The only good takeaway with Jordan Love was a couple of good throws in the fourth quarter that he made uh in, in, on that
2: drive to score, even the one before that. Outside of that, he looked relatively I'd lost. argue even those were like those were Adams. You know, he made that little like wing pass to to, to Cobb on the sideline that was basically a lateral. You know, like I I I don't know. I feel like we have the same issues with him as we thought uh, as we saw coming out, poor decision making, uh, inaccurate throws uh, that got cost him at the at the very end of the game there, uh, and you know just I, I, there was one pass where it, I think it was designed to go like four yards, but it went like thirty yards up straight in the air instead because he threw it off of his back book falling while with with pressure on him. So uh, I. I, I don't know. I think if we are counting as Packer fans, if we're or as dynasty managers, if we're counting on Jordan Love for really anything, I think we're going to be disappointed. Uh, remember, he could not beat out was a Tim Boyle last year, Dan, for the for the quarterback two job. I just maybe they need to see what he has. That's why he's on the field. Uh, but he is not the answer, in, in my opinion, at least not yet.
1: Yeah. And you go back you know, 15 years or whatever it was, Aaron Rodgers got his shot in a similar kind of situation, except Favre went down mid game or early in the game in Dallas and Rodgers comes on the field and looked pretty good that day in relief. This was Jordan Love's opportunity to do the same. He did not take advantage of it. I wonder what Love's super flex value is going to be tomorrow, Ryan. What what can you, if you're a believer, what can you go buy Jordan Love for?
2: I'd rather have Taysom Hill.
1: Oh, wow, that's
0: saying something there. <laughs> I'd trade Taysom Hill for Jordan Love in a heartbeat. Uh, yeah, I, I think you would have that opportunity. Uh, I mean, we we talked about how low Sam Darnold's value is. I think that's the territory you're talking about. Mm. I think absolutely you could a- acquire Jordan Love for a second rounder oh, yeah. in, uh, in a super flex league. Yeah, and maybe um,
1: maybe even a little less than that if, if you got the yeah. right situation. So yeah. uh, that that's something to look at. I, I it certainly doesn't look like Jordan Love will be leading the Packers offense in 2022, or at least the Packers are going to do everything they can, can to keep him from doing so. Uh, last couple notes from this one. Devontae, six catches for 42 yards, 14 targets, so many throws behind him. It was it was maddening. Uh, Aaron Jones, 12 carries for 53 yards. I don't believe he caught a pass, guys. Might not even got targeted in the game A.J. Dillon looked really good on the interior though once again eight for 46 four catches for 44 man if that guy could get a bunch of carries consistently he would be a guy that we were very excited about in Dynasty moving forward but we'll we'll hold on that on that conversation for later so that's going to do it for this episode of the DLF Dynasty podcast for Ryan and Matt I'm Dan thanks for listening we'll catch you again next week